We continue to prepare ourselves for corporate proclamation of the gospel at the table of the Lord by a devotional series on the person of Christ incarnate and his work of redemption. Today we consider the familiar communication of the Apostle Paul to the local church in Rome, Romans chapter 5, verses 7 to 10. Romans 5, 7 to 10. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Father, this morning we thank you for this clear and compelling section of the Word of God. Open our minds and hearts to it as we would prepare ourselves for the fellowship of our Lord's table. And for that, we will praise you in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. I first heard the name Sumner Kimball while standing on the Atlantic seashore at the retired life-saving station in Chickamacomico, there you go, Chickamacomico, North Carolina. The United States Life-Saving Service was well-intentioned, but absolutely inept, ineffective, disorganized, poorly trained. After a number of East Coast tragedies, literally just yards offshore, Sumner Kimball, was placed in charge of the Revenue Marine Service and the United States Life-Saving Service along the Atlantic coastline. His work in organizing and training individuals along militaristic lines, establishing effective crisis response, is today seen in the United States Coast Guard. He is responsible for uh, the attitude that is reflected in the Coast Guard motto, Semper Paratus. Semper Paratus means always prepared. This is one of those stories told year after year after year after year at boot camp in Cape May, New Jersey. Sumner was in the congressional hot seat as his work of transforming those sea agencies began. He was highly criticized for firing a number of officers and putting in place new standards and protocols. At one point, with new recruits gathered, he gave a powerful speech reflecting the new attitude of the guard. He said 
uh, is this. No matter what the conditions of weather or circumstances of peril, we will go out to save lives. For we do not have to come back. What he said, he said, we will go out to save lives. For we do not have to come back. We call that a do-or-die mentality. And that do-or-die mentality transformed the sea services and many lives, of course, thereafter have been saved. The Bible recognizes such a thing, saying, for scarcely for a righteous man or cause will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. The Apostle Paul speaks of something very different than that. In verse 7, Paul uses the high human expression of love and cause and duty and service when people are willing to lay down their lives in saving others and then Paul contrasts that to the love of God for men. And he does so by a little three-letter word, but. Verse 8. But. But God. The love of God is brought to bear in contrast to the love of man for man. And the thing that is outstanding about the aspect of the love of God in this regard, the reason that it is highly superior to what we see among people or uh, directed towards people, is that the love of God is brought to us while we are unrighteous and under condemnation. And so I'd like to take a few moments in this familiar text this morning before we celebrate the Lord's table to think once again about the specifics of the praiseworthy thought of the love of God as it is directed in this brief but familiar text of Scripture. First of all, I say to you from verse 8 that the love of God was engineered on our behalf beyond our full comprehension. God's love was not directed towards those close to him or those like him in righteousness. The scripture says, yet sinners, while yet defined by our human condition of sin and actively sinning, Verse 8 declares Christ died for us. The word commendeth is rich in its original form. It captures the saving work of God as connected to his incomprehensive love. He did for the sake of his love. 
engineer our rescue by the cross. Why the cross? That is, answer, that is simple to answer. God so loved. Why the love? There is no answer. We cannot answer. We only have the proof that God loved us in the judgment he placed upon his son at the cross. The word commendeth means to make a stand together, to make a stand together, to stand with, to stand in place together, to stand, as it were, or to set in the same place uh, together. Uh, the Greek word, sunestao, uh, uh, might literally be rendered uh, go with. Go with. Whenever Sherry asks me what I would like for supper, I always say the same thing. I like a burger. So she never asks me unless she's ready to serve that on that night. Then she'll ask me when I say, oh, then I say, good. But burgers or not, she often asks me uh, what I would like to go with the main course of our supper meal. What do you want to go with? Your baked chicken. And you're not allowed to say no chicken. <laughs> uh, what would you like to go with? Your pizza. What would you like to go with? Your pork chops. What would you like to go with? Your steak. What would you like to go with? Go with, go with, go with. She's always asking me about go withs. And she expects me to answer with, with terms like green beans <laughs> and broccoli. Well, here's my question for you this morning. What, according to the word of God, goes with the most lofty, pure, holy, profound love of God? Answer. Sinner. What goes with the love of God? Sinners, says the text. And we're not done. Because you find then in verse 9, much more than this love of God engineered on our behalf, driven by the love of God toward sinners, this directed love of God is that which enthusiates us. I'm not sure that's a word, but I think it is, enthusiates. This love of God enthusiates us much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. In verse 9, we have the first direct reference to the word saved in the book of Romans. You do find the word salvation in chapter 1, verse 16, and again chapter 10 and verse 10. But the first time you find the word saved in the book of Romans is right here in Romans 5 at verse 9. Most of the words and the basic concepts here ring familiar, but there is a thing here that we are inclined to overlook. 
the word saved as used, Romans 5, 9, is a specific reference to salvation in its third and final sense. Verse 9 is not speaking of the fact you are saved. It is not speaking of the fact you will be saved or are being saved. It is speaking of the fact that you will be, in the end, saved. It parallels the familiar truth at the end of Philippians 1.6. He that hath begun a good work in you will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The love of God has been engineered for our rescue. And this love of God that has been engineered for our rescue is that which enthusiates us as people to understand the great thing that God has done, is doing, and in this case, shall do. God leaves no human project half done. God completes his will, his way in every one of his children. God cannot fail. I think you're saying that. What a tremendous enthusiasm it should still uh, instill among us to realize the great thing that God has done. And then in verse 10, uh, you have uh, the building of that thing uh, even once again upon the truth uh, that uh, we were indeed at one point in time the enemies of God. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being, much more than nine, much more being, uh, ten, much more than nine, much more being, verse ten. The word if is not conditional in this case. It is best represented by English word since. Since, as was the actual fact that we were enemies reconciled to God by the cross, we can be absolutely certain of saved, saved, and saved. The word enemy here speaks, of course, of hostility and hatred. In review, we are all powerless and ungodly. Sinners, verse 7, 8. Enemies of God, verse 10. Yet while in this position of condemnation, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. That is the singular focus upon which uh, the communion table is, is deliberate and dedicated. Uh, the gospel of Christ, the death of Christ for our sins. How did this transformation of relationship with God, verse 10, uh, take place. Verse 10 tells us plainly, by the death of his son. Here and once again, we are led to the foot of the cross. And in this particular occasion of Romans 5, to think upon that ultimate sense of the work in the application yet to come. We who have been saved, past tense, predicated upon our condition as enemies, will surely be saved 
in the hour to come as the family of God. The Son has made us sons of God, and we shall forever deal with God as he has ordained according to his Son's death, burial, and resurrection. Reconciled by his death, saved in the end with life, his life. That is uh, in, uh, that which enthusiates us in regards to our Lord and our faith. What a wonderful expression of the cross as we prepare our hearts for the table of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the wow of our salvation. Thank you that when we were of such a condition that there is no good reason for your desiring us. Nonetheless, you desired us with an everlasting love and secured us in Christ Jesus in eternity past. Made real in the day of Christ's first advent when he died for our sins at the cross. Made real personally in the hour of our individual understanding when we exercise our faith and trust in you and the love gift of Christ at the cross. But Lord, made real in the whole in a coming day when you complete that which you have begun in us. And now, even according to thy ordination, we pause as a local church family to do this in remembrance of Jesus Christ, his death for our sins, his glorious defeat of death by resurrection, and his rule well now established as he's ascended our Lord evermore with promise to return. May your people center their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus today against the coming day of perfection, against the coming day of completion. This we pray in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen.